what, like a, a month since we've met up and done another thing? Anything anything new in this week now that the snow's all melted? A, a couple more bruises from falling. Uh, how about you, Roman? How was your winter um, snow apocalypse? It was pretty awesome. I was, you know, I, one of the things I don't like about spring is I feel, even if I want to just like sit inside and read comics and watch Netflix, I feel guilty because it's so beautiful out. Mm-hmm. Last week, I stayed at my apartment for four days, didn't leave the apartment because I was sick, and the snow and ice and everything. I just read, finished a few Netflix series, watched like four movies. It was great. And then I had to go to work on Thursday and walking home. No, Friday night, I slipped in the ice, bruised my elbow. Wow. <laughs> Jeez. See, then it's justifiable to stay in and yeah, walk, yeah. binge, stay binge around. read, binge stay watch. It's safe. dangerous to go alone out there. Mm-hmm. I I did something today that I haven't done before, which Smiled. might seem, uh, <laughs> I'm smile. Uh, I got a massage for the first time. Oh my god! How's that? Massage. It, it was okay. Do you feel like Gumby? No, I, I mean I feel just the same that I did before. It was very light massage. It was like a Swedish style, just to help with relaxation. Because you know I went into the massage, and I was having a panic attack, waiting to get massaged. And I don't know how the process worked. I kept going over. Like, all right, what am I supposed to do before I go in? Then it's like they gave me a tablet where it's like select the areas where you're okay being touched. And I'm like, oh, gosh. Was it like your pinky finger? It was. Which is the only thing highlighted. So I finally, I was just like, I'm just going to play it safe. I picked back, neck, and then scalp. So, and then I went in, and then the the massage person was just kind of giving a rundown. I imagine they're like like kneading you like a giant cat. And they kind of did, but it was awkward, before, like, right when the massage was starting because they left, like, I'll give you a minute to, like, you know, get ready, like. Were their hands of... really clammy and cold? No, they were uh, fine. Like but little I, corpse hands? I didn't know your, like, the process of how you're supposed to, like, undress and then get on the table kind of thing. So I didn't think there was. I thought you just, like, took your clothes off or took your shirt off and then got on the table and then just started getting massaged. So... I took. Do they pull you off to like a sterile room where they spray you with a fire hose? <laughs> no, they're, and they're like pouring like that, like powdered, like caustic chemical on you. They left for a couple <laughs> minutes to give me time to get ready. So then I'm like sitting there, like I took my shirt off. I was like, I'm just like kept my kept my pants and socks on. Looking in the mirror, giving yourself a pep talk. No mirror, thank God. Uh, but I was just like deep breathing. I'm like, all right, it's gonna be fine. It's like supposed to help me relax. Then it's they come as in. good for them as it is for me. They come in and then they like immediately like see me and then shut the door. They're like, you're and then like poke me back up. And they're like. You're supposed to get under the covers. I was like, what? <laughs> like you're supposed to get under the sheets, which I mean, understands like to Wait, me. do they massage you through the sheet? Yeah. 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 Oh. Yeah. Which is supposed to increase privacy. I had no idea about that. So then I'm embarrassed too. I'm like, I wouldn't, I did not want you to see me shirtless. I'm just like sitting there waiting. Like, here we go. But yeah, they did the massage like over the sheet, but I was super, I was just like, I don't know. Nobody told me what to do. <laughs> so, yeah, they yeah. should, they should put like a little like. First time, here's what you do. Everybody asked me else. Everybody asked me it was if it was my first time going in, but then when I got in there, it was just like you know the routine. I'm like I don't know the routine. <laughs> like I don't. And then they like they're like times up, and then they're like, well I hope you had a good time. And they like walked out. I'm like how do I get out of here? Or <laughs> like, my clothes? <laughs> like you got like a very low lit hallway system going on. Like which way do I go? I'm all turned around. <laughs> you had me in a room with like really good smells and fountains and tea and then kind of led me around, down a couple of you corners. get really tired then you, like there's nobody around it's darker all, everywhere you look it's like a weird spooky oblique angle <laughs> so, 
Uh, were there like demons life. in you? Like, you know, in those like bad possession films where the hands were poking through the person's like skin? Was that happening while you were getting massaged? No, that wasn't happening no. while I was massaged. Um, yeah, so that was that. And then I also, you also saw it all stuff. I've been watching Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., Roman. Yeah. Full on cried. <laughs> I bawled. I, <laughs> I was in so many, so much tears. Really? Season three got me so good. Wow. Like, See, I've, I've only seen like a couple episodes in season one. I avoided that show so long, but I don't know why I did because it basically was my it, fan fiction show the whole time. It's based on a, it's based on my favorite type of character in any movie, a side character. <laughs> it's based all around Coulson, who somehow is the main character but keeps all the appeal of a side character. <laughs> I don't know how they did it, wow. but it like it works really well, and it's so good, and it's just gotten me. Like, it's I, I'm having fun like watching it with my girlfriend. Like every time they mention something, I'm like I know where that is in the Marvel timeline right now. My all excited, <laughs> like, oh, they're getting ready for Age of Ultron. This is really good. They're like, oh man, the fallout from oh here comes the fallout from uh, Captain America too. Uh, Maybe so. it's like a destiny thing. Like you have to like become strong enough emotionally in your spiritual journey and able to you know actually handle the show. Maybe, but that's what I did during all the snow. I was just binge watch, and that was great. And then, yeah, I've been getting ready for this book. We are here once again to talk about Aquaman, Throne of Atlantis, or Justice League, Throne of Atlantis. Um, so, yeah, what we're going to do is we're going to go through the story, and we're going to go from minnows in the lore of Aquaman to full-on sharks, this Aquaman lesson. And I would, I would like anybody that is listening to this and even ourselves to come out with a, new, a whole new appreciation and understanding of Aquaman. Wow, you sound like I was like an Aquaman like protectionist or something. <laughs> we must protect the Aquaman. <laughs> well, you sound like an Aquaman aficionado, extremist, Listen, supremacist. He was wearing your Aquaman shirt. I'm like wearing that. my Aquaman shirt. I had to for this. I mean, it was just the same thing when I did the first podcast ever with Perfectly Acceptable Podcast. Mm. Oh, right, uh, I wore right. a Superman shirt. Yeah. Uh, so I guess I should say, though, since you know we are doing the podcast, that I should be professional and do an intro. How about that? So welcome back to the Infinity Content Podcast, you know, five minutes in, six minutes in. So, you know, half the population may be gone from the decimation of Grimace's Golden Gauntlet, but we are still here. All that content is still around for us to enjoy. So we are going to get going on that. My name is Trevor, of course. I am joined with our comic historian, Roman. Hello. And I'm also joined with, you know, collector of comics. Goes around the galaxy picking everything up. It is the collect super, Colton. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> I feel like I'm going to have, I'm going to make it a goal every intro to try to find some comic book reference to introduce you as and then pull away from I feel like you could on like a comic book snowball that like that's going downhill I mean I like once I run out of characters because I've got like a Galactus one lined up a Hydra one lined up a, hyd a Nazi no, not a Nazi <laughs> a Hydra uh, okay yeah it, when they weren't no. Nazis when they were like gentle they, they were gentler <laughs> <laughs> they were gentler back in their glory days <laughs> listen you take one subscription off from his poll, two more rise to take its place. 
That's good. I, you See, might have just used it now, though. Yeah, I really Damn. like that. We I burned, like, burned through that one. All right, we're going to reboot. use that in the shop. Re- <laughs> reroute that one. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> just have, like, a big comic with tentacles. <laughs> just as, like, a public service announcement. Just remember, kids, one when one of your subscriptions dies, two more could take its place. Well, that could be, like, a cool, like, interactive, like, bookshelf where, like, every hand, like, you could, like, shove a trade into it where it's holding it. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, don't worry, there's a plenty of Batman issues coming out like plenty of new batman series you got another batman who laughs you thought one was enough but you get another one coming I know, it just out. chuckles everywhere yeah so yeah here we go talking about aquaman throne of atlantis uh new 52 this is by jeff johns paul pelletier and ivan reese so my first introduction through aquaman wasn't through the new 52 it was through rebirth i was a little late to the game so i'm not actually as long-term fan of aquaman as maybe some other people, but... Uh, you might not be a long-term fan, but you're a, a deep fan. I've too. definitely dived yeah. in pretty deep. <laughs> you're an aficionado. I'm going to use that joke over and over. <laughs> exactly. Because, I mean, like a lot of other people, the character started out for me as kind of a joke gimmick character. I mean, I remember him from, like, Super Friends and making appearances in Justice League, but, I mean, he's... Pop culture's turned him into a joke through so many different things. I mean, you think about some of the stuff that he's been in, like uh, he showed up in Robot Chicken multiple times as like a joke character. He showed up in 1999 during Family Guy as like a joke character. They made fun of him for that. Big Bang Theory also dissed on him constantly during one episode. SpongeBob's Mermaid Man and Barnacle Boy. (laughs) Is he the Nickelback of DC Heroes? (sighs) He shouldn't be, but yeah. He kind (laughs) of, yeah. And I'm not even like- He's the Internet Explorer. And Nickelback. Uh, who else? What, South Park, what? I feel like, did the worst for him, though. Well, on the Super Best Friends? No. Oh, yeah, Super Best Friends, where he was Seaman. They <laughs> called him Seaman. And his, like, pet bird swallow. Oh. <laughs> I was like, ah, oh, come on. I watched that clip again today, just before this podcast. Like, I was like, ah, oh, poor, poor Aquaman. <laughs> but, so, I so, I mean, I've, and I've been reading a lot of, like, the, Peter David Aquaman stuff and some of the older stuff and it's good but I feel like Jeff Johns and for me well for me Dan Abnett's Rebirth Aquaman but those these two series kind of help modernize him and kind of make him more appealing which I really appreciated which yeah I mean there was definitely some stuff in the older ones that was a little goofy and gimmicky but not like it wasn't that bad I mean I feel like I've never seen him use his like telepathic aquatic life ability anymore he's usually just very punchy mm-hmm. this one i bet like yeah he doesn't use it as much and then there was that whole up and down of this one new 52 aquaman and rebirth aquaman talk about his ability to talk to fish isn't to talk to fish it's to compel them to compel them yeah and then i was watching a youtube video about like who would win in a fight name were aquaman and it was like the whole thing of like aquaman's like telepathic thing is more of like it dominates like sea life compared to like just telepathically like saying hey do this for me but then at the same time it's i feel like it's writer to writer because if you remember the first justice league rebirth story he's communicating with the reapers from mass effect telepathically oh that was funny because they're aquatic base okay so i feel it, like it that run of justice league uh just doesn't count <laughs> like it, as far as it never happened i think other than like justice league suicide squad but does that even really matter uh man i don't know um but I felt like this was a good time to talk about this character, not just because I really like him, but the, a movie just came out where it is the highest 
DC movie box office worldwide, it's like one billion over one billion, and then it is right behind Wonder Woman by a million uh, domestic. That's so, an uh, ocean well, of cash. Yeah, they are <laughs> swimming in that dough, and apparently they're talking about their new sequel or spinoff or whatever. Have you heard about that? No. Uh, Roman, full eye roll. They, <laughs> it's, imagine Warner Brothers sitting in an in a in an office room with James Wan, like James Wan. This movie was a big success. We never would have thought. But you know what we really want to explore? We want to really go into the darkness of, of the Aquaman universe. Without we, Aquaman? It's going to have Aquaman in it. They want to do The Trench as like a, a standalone movie. Really? Yeah. Huh. But not focusing on Aquaman. It'll it's, like, Aquaman it's like the first character, the first sequel that they choose of the big success is they don't want to include the character from yeah. the movie that made the big success. They'll include the character. I don't know how else they would. But, but it's gonna, so it's going to be a horror movie. It's going to be a horror movie in dark because you imagine the Warner Brothers all with their, you know, one of their bang, like their bangs covering one eye. And the other eye's covered by a slashed eye patch, like with, their eye's been damaged. Like the, for some reason, the lighting takes all the color out of the, the boardroom mm-hmm. they're in because it's not a phase, Roman. Darkness, they are darkness. Yeah. <laughs> they are the edge. They are, they are the lords. Ugh. It's like, why? They are the dark knights. Which, which, is, so, <laughs> which is so great because the Aquaman movie, I, I've made this joke so many times, so much color in that movie. I have like a whole list of likes and dislikes. There's more color in Mira's hair in that movie than the other DC movies, I feel. Combined? <laughs> really? Combined. It is so bright. That movie was, yeah. I, I, will, I will go through that movie a little bit after the book because I have, I have some comments about it and I've, Finding Nemo. Finding Nemo, talking <laughs> about it. I've, I've even watched the animated movie. Finding Aquaman. Today, just oh. to get ready. Finding Aquaman. Or Finding Mira. That's actually a story, isn't it? I'm uh, sure it the is. Search for Mira, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, yeah, I, I thought it'd be great to talk about this and then kind of talk about the differences and similarities the movies had, both the animated and the live action, and kind of get your guys' thoughts on the character as we go along. So, yeah, let's uh, let's uh, dive right in, you know? Let's make a splash. Let's make a sound. Yeah, this one's gonna make a splash. I sent cannonball. I sent Colton a text <laughs> message right before the podcast when it's double checking the time. I was like, I hope you're ready to get wet. Uh, so I don't know where you're. Oh yeah, yours opens up at a completely different spot. It's okay. We'll They're get making there. out. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so why don't we do like simultaneously what's going on for both of ours? Oh, uh, it might be a lot. <laughs> might be a lot. Well, yours might actually play in more with the animated movie then too. Okay. For me. And Roman, ours, because we read the Aquaman, Throne of Atlantis, it takes, it starts off with a flashback six years before the events going on when Arthur Curry is still young and he's in an ambulance with his dad as his dad, or he's at the hospital because they pull him away. His dad just died. And you've got the public harassing him to find out if he's really Atlantean. He freaks out and then dives into the water. So this is him before he knows of Atlantis, before he's become Aquaman. Yeah. He right at this moment doesn't even believe that Atlantis exists. He's just going out to search to find his mother to get some answers. Get a great one-page just shark attack in this yeah, chapter. This is such good, and I think this like for this it must be like the first time they explain him talking to uh, Aquatic Life. Yeah, I was wondering about that if this is his first time because I thought in other continuities he's you know he discovered that when he was younger and was mm-hmm. able to do it, but this kind of looks like. It's this is his first, first time. time here, yeah. What a way to find out, too. Yeah, deflects the shark. And and it's great. Like, Ivan Reese does a good job of displaying that as, like, in the images. Like, I love the facial expressions that Aquaman does while he's doing it. He's like, oh, shit, keep going, keep going, keep going, kind of thing. 
So you get him kind of still swimming through the water. He actually saves a mother or a daughter and a father who crash their boat. And as he rescues them later when the storm dies down, they tell him that they know of a, a guy that claims to be an Atlantean. So he follows up on that lead, and this is where you get introduced to Volko, who is the advisor to the throne, or at least to his mother. And it yeah. sounds like he's exiled. Yeah, he was, and he was—he's an old Hawkman. He was the advisor to the throne for a long time, know, from the '60s or yeah. something. Yeah, and he's—he's he's in exile in Norway. Yeah, interesting place. So yeah, and I mean, like I've said, I've just started reading some of the older stuff, and I didn't know he was an—I thought he was just a new Fifty Two character that moved over to Rebirth, but. Reading some of the old Golden Age stuff, and I see that he's still there. Yeah, it was cool reading this with the first time's issues, and when he showed up, it's like, oh, cool, because he hadn't been around for a while. And he got kicked. He got kicked around by Aquaman and the older stuff. Like, it's mostly he's just like trying to tell Aquaman, like, we made a breakthrough in the discovery, and then Aquaman's like, quiet, Volko, I'm busy. Shut <laughs> <laughs> up. Like, never listens to his court at all. <laughs> like like I'm, busy. Should, you know. <laughs> yeah, I'm busy. I'm uh, busy. So you get Volko kind of telling him about his past and gives him some directions to go, like, gives him some updates, like, you have a younger brother, you need to go find this vault to prove your your Atlantean heritage, go find this trident, and this kind of branches off into another series called The Others. So, oh, I forgot about The Others. Yeah, The Others take place, there's volumes after this for The Others. It's like a pre-him being Aquaman, Mm -hmm. but post-him going to Atlantis. Yeah. And And it's just like his, like, little... uh, I don't know, what's A-Team or something? Yeah, A-Team. They all get get artifacts and stuff that do different powers. I don't know if you ever read those. I read some of them, yeah. Yeah, it was interesting. The the ending for it was very weird, but it was all right. Did it end in the Aquaman run, though? Did it curve back into it? Because I remember them showing up at the end of that run. It had a series that ended on its own, like, two volumes. And then, like, they had nothing to do with it again, which I thought was interesting because they made basically a, a... they're washed away. They combined all their artifacts onto one person, and then it Exodia. And that's, and that's how it ended. I was like, okay, <laughs> Exodia. Like, they should have kept going with it. Yeah. Um, so you get Volko taking him to Atlantis, and the like. The art for the city of Atlantis is so cool. Like just with like the big two page spreads that they do for this. So we get him going to Atlantis, and what's hap- So what's happening in yours? though, Colton, because since you read the Justice League one. Uh, so, the first two issues of this that are Justice League before it goes into Atlantis is actually, it feels really disconnected because it's a, a lot more focusing on the relationship between uh, Wonder Woman and Superman. Mm-hmm. And they, there's a little Cheetah where they fight Cheetah and uh, Arthur is a key player in that. So, I don't know if it's trying to like justify having an event for him almost in uh, a full Justice League comic. Where oh he's actually a badass is mm-hmm. I don't I think before this you don't really actually no character really gets to shine uh, since it's only volume three mm-hmm. uh, and then it's just really focusing on the other characters and what they're doing up to the point where the events that trigger the Atlantis happen and then I feel like it comes more into it mm-hmm. all very vague oh, don't very vague. worry we'll be clarified soon so we've also got in the next issue of this book. It's kind of a flashback of Atlanteans being hunted by sailors in the 1800s to Aquaman, you know, in full costume, back at Atlantis, uh, talking to the sea life to where they're signaling to the brother to meet. So you don't get to really see 
form his brother yet, just kind of vaguely in shadow. And you get that kind of cool Easter egg, too, in this, where they're talking about his psychic Aqualad in it. I don't know if you caught that. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, they talk oh, about... Oh, yeah, when he mentions Garth. Garth and purple eyes and stuff. So I was like, ooh, cool Tempest yeah. shout-out. Did, did you mention um, in the first that first issue, Vocal tells him... Vocal tells him that uh, he thinks um, Arthur's brother... Mm-hmm. He tells him his mother died and his brother ascended to the throne of Atlantis. That's what Worm is. Yeah. yeah. Uh, did not get to that. Then we get a cut to Bell Rev Prison where you get to see Black Manta who is trying to be recruited to the Suicide Squad and he politely tells them no <laughs> by killing <laughs> by killing the guard that is messing with him. I feel like his character is one of those that really, really fluctuates in their abilities based on who's writing them. Because mm-hmm. I feel like sometimes he's like on this death stroke level. Yeah. Other times it's just whatever. Like mm-hmm. he's just like a guy who's in an okay mech suit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like this, I felt like this did a good job with him. Yeah, it did. Because I don't think it was until Jeff Johns was writing that he made Black Manta like a serious threat. Like a really cool character. Yeah. I mean, his portrayal in like the Young Justice cartoon has also been really good. Uh, the character in the movie wasn't too bad either. Like mm-hmm. I'll, I'll talk about that in a little bit too. Mm-hmm. But I mean, I, I I think his design's cool. I love <laughs> on that page Sweet when helmet. they're showing Aquaman undersea and he's waiting to meet his brother, mm-hmm. and they meet at the wreck of the the USS Essex. Mm-hmm. That was that whaling ship that was sunk by a whale back in the eighteen twenties something, um, and that's the one that. The survivors were like adrift forever and mm-hmm. so long that they ended up like drawing straws to see who would sacrifice themselves so the other surviving crew could eat them. Oh, I did not know longer. that. Yeah, eventually there was only like, I don't know, like six survivors, I think, because they were out there for like a couple months Jeez. adrift. <laughs> Tense. So, yeah, real history there. Yeah. So Orm shows up, his brother, to talk to Aquaman and give him a history lesson about the relationship between Atlantis and the surface and follows up with Orm being questioned whether or not he's planning to attack the surface, to which he says, no, he's not. You get a cut back to... Fingers crossed. Volko with some (laughs) ominous foreshadowing here of uh, best, uh, like a tangled line... Change your mark, but now line's going to break. Best cut it off for tangles again. Oh, yeah, the fishing line. Yeah, I like. It just see it just seems so ominous. The first time I read it, I was like, that seems like it's going to lead to something, kind of thing. You get a reveal of they found a, a dead Atlantean soldier to where Volko takes off into the water. To uh, what did he say he was going to go do? He just took off, I think, and then you don't see him for a little bit in the in the book. Yeah, he just decides that, oh, something's very wrong, and he dies, even though he's been exiled, and mm-hmm. he takes off pretty pretty readily, considering he knows they don't want him around. Yeah. Uh, meanwhile, Aquaman's still getting the history lesson from Orm about people that hunted his like ancestors and his grandparents and stuff, and then you get kind of a cutaway to the trench, which is... A bunch of humanoid fish creatures that get released that live in like the dark depths. They're like darkness. They're like anglerfish, humanoid, like sharp teeth. Yeah, they're nasty. Like looking monsters, which I mean would make sense for a great dark movie by DC. Well, yeah, yeah. Yeah, rather dark movie. All right, we're actually on. That's the same comic, so. Oh, we're finally caught up now. Yeah, we've converged. We've. Oh. 
We are one. DC one. I just, I mean, something, it's definitely, Ivan Reese is definitely different than the Rebirth stuff where the colors are way more like bright and vibrant in Rebirth and really pop. But I, I really love how well the art is just for the underwater stuff, like the fish, the bubbles, like the dark. The penciling. Yeah, the penciling is really, really nice. In this. And Ivan Reese is doing, uh, he's doing Superman with Bendis right now. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I was wondering why his art looks so familiar. And then when I was reading this again, I saw Ivan Reese was the artist. Oh, that makes a lot of sense. I really loved how good his facial, like his facial yeah. drawings look. I really prefer him as an Aquaman artist to uh, the current. Superman stuff? Or, well, the current Aquaman stuff. Really? Yeah. Yeah, I'm. Oh, like the all new Aquaman. I'm not. I'm not like a big fan of the all new Aquaman yeah. that they started. Like yeah. the art. Like it's. It's good, but I don't know. I'm yeah. also just. It's makes me antsy because it's only coming out once a month. So it's only been two issues since they restarted. And I just want to. I want to <laughs> see things get moving. Like, come on. I. You know, I think would be the best one for that would be like Francis Manipal, mm. like all his watercolor, oh, like yeah. art. Like mm-hmm. I mean, he did the covers for. Justice, Justice League, the Drowned Earth stuff, No Justice. He did that. Like I would love to see his art and just Aquaman. That'd be cool. Centric stuff. So so pretty. So we've got s- cut away to a air carrier ship that's doing some missile testing, which ends up going haywire and launches on its own towards Atlantis, which they have no idea exists basically. And it ends up attack. Ends up just destroying a bunch of stuff. And that's all we get to see for a little bit because we cut to Clark Kent hanging out with Wonder Woman, showing her the power of uh, glasses. Yeah, eyewear. Eyewear, yeah. You know, it's not only a fashion statement, it completely hides your secret identity. Do you think that's ableist? That they're saying, no way could heroes need eyewear? <laughs> well, Superman doesn't. Yeah. I, I guess Kryptonians on Earth don't need it. Yeah. <laughs> they should have specified. Are there any superheroes that wear glasses now that I think about it God, there's gotta be but I can't think of any I can't think of any either that's very interesting I yeah. feel really targeted right now <laughs> <laughs> I'm yeah, I, can't, I can't save myself <laughs> uh, so you got them kind of getting ready to go out on a date she's he's teaching her about kind of blending in with the rest of the world and not you know sticking out like a sore thumb cyborgs having you know typical father-son issues with his dad about, you know, you need to get rid of that last lung, son. It's like, no, dad, I want my lung. And then just, you know. <laughs> how dare you want that lung? <laughs> how dare you want that lung? You cut to Batman chasing down some minions of the Scarecrow on a speedboat and gets, you know, gets an assist from Aquaman. Why, is it, why hasn't there been, like, a great storyline at, like, a Woodstock, like, event where Scarecrow like, poisons everybody's magic like punch or something mm. I think I it'd know. be great psychedelic a woodman or a burning man I don't know but you know what I liked about this is how he drew Batman's like mask and his like eyes little peepers yeah, yeah. just like these black beads <laughs> with whites and then you get Aquaman that shows up and also has them in the next page like bursts out of the water shark eyes it's like I can do it too Batman <laughs> Darkness. So you have Batman and Aquaman kind of talking about what's going on. You get the also introduction of Mira in this in this book. She shows up, makes a a really great aquatic pun here of a uh, speechless or just a little wet, I guess. 
I, I mean, we I have to talk about it. I'm, there's gonna be like, <laughs> I got there's gonna be a lot of aquatic puns and water jokes in this book, and I'm gonna I'm gonna make sure in the description for this podcast. I can take episode, a drink every single time and get well hydrated. <sighs> Like glug glug glug. <laughs> it wasn't actually there wasn't as many as I thought there would be, but no. In the book, the podcast. Not in this. In the podcast, don't worry. Yeah, I'll yeah. I will make up for the loss and you know drown the drown the title. A, a tsunami of it's gonna be a tsunami of, of, of puns uh, and <laughs> a wave of puns and references. I'll, I'll wave for, at you from the shore while you ride away <laughs> with all those puns. You can drown in those puns for all I care. Basically, uh, you cut to so. Aquaman and we'll go back to Aquaman and Batman real quick. So Aquaman, Batman and Mirror are having a conversation about what's going on with this whole Atlantis situation and the missing uh, air carrier ship. Because after those missiles fired, it sounds like it went missing. They're trying to figure out what's going on. You've got a cutaway to Wonder Woman in disguise with Clark Kent having a nice, lovely dinner. You know, just being a, a cute couple. Looking like siblings. Kissing siblings. <laughs> was uh, do you not like the Wonder Woman Superman couple in the New Fifty Two? Mm, I'm kind of indifferent to it. Mm-hmm. I haven't really read the Superman story. It wasn't really that prevalent in the New Fifty Two Wonder Woman run, mm-hmm. so I didn't really get exposed to it. And I feel like in the beginning parts of the Justice League, you see it. But I feel like by the time the crime syndicate show up, it doesn't even feel like they're really in a relationship. I feel like it kind of plays out more in that Death of Superman event. Mm-hmm. That kind of happens in the New 52 run more and the power couple storyline. Yeah. Uh, Roman, I don't know. I love Lois Lane, though, in Rebirth. Lois so, Rebirth I don't know. I, but I also have, like, incredibly great. soft spot for Wonder Woman. Yeah, I mean, I like Wonder Woman, too. I've, I've only known before reading New 52 that Superman was with only two people, like Lana Lang and Lois. Has he had other relationships with oh, yeah. Wonder Woman and other people yeah. before? He has? Before I answer that, yeah, I, it's funny. I had that same kind 30 of... 30 minutes on the clock, ready. Oh, <laughs> that same kind of thing where I, I really like Wonder Woman. That makes sense they'd be together, but once that ended and Lois came back, I was like, man, I really love Lois. See, I, I like Superman belong together. Yeah. I love uh, Wonder Woman and Batman together because she's just so bright and he and like he's so cynical but yeah. have they actually been together in comics yeah. I like I remember they, they, they had only, only in comics I think really? it was before it was before New 52 I think before the relaunch and yeah. stuff remember okay. Tom King he almost made them kiss because they Dude, were you know alone for was, 50 that, years that got a lot of heated like got people real heated yeah. right before that, yeah. <laughs> that thing happened yeah. it's okay that, his Catwoman is the best Catwoman the only to, Catwoman I wanted to send you a tweet uh, if you had Twitter during Valentine's Day because people were making a bunch of like custom Valentine's cards and it was a picture of Batman and Catwoman in a wedding dress and it just said let's just get married and they sent it to Tom King and he, was, <laughs> he was just laughing at it he like liked it and retweeted he's like this is good uh, this is me. He, he laughed and he like on camera he lit it on fire <laughs> and laughed maniacally in the ashes like, now it will never happen <laughs> do we have um, Oh, no, no, go ahead. Go wait, ahead. Go wait, ahead. Wait, what was your question again? I forgot. Uh, so they've been so they've been in a relationship before. <laughs> oh, oh, Superman. Yeah, I mean, Lana Lang was his first love, mm-hmm. but then actually this ties in. He dated an Atlantean, um, like in the fifties. Oh, Lori. It was another LL. Lori Lamar. Lori Lamaris. So and he has she, a thing with LLs. Yeah, and she oh. came. She like he met her because she was. I, forget why magic or something she was like on land and had legs he fell in love with her and then oh, they started dating mermaid. And, then, and then yeah and then oh, she the, revealed that she the actually Prince of Krypton. was a mermaid I'm gonna be real s- skeptical of 
Brian Bendis introduces oh, another LL character. That's what it was. She didn't have legs. He met her and she was in a wheelchair, uh-huh. so her legs were always covered. And then she revealed to him, well, actually, my lower half's a fish <laughs> from Atlantis. Oh. <laughs> so, yeah. Interesting. <laughs> and there was other... I other, think there was some other space girl. Small fling. Okay. For a while there, like Luther's sister, I think. Lena Luther, yeah. Yeah, they had kind of... She uh, had a crush on him or something. Yeah, all those LLs. Yeah, what is it all about? Interesting. Secret code. It, everybody's got a thing, I guess. You know, for some people, it's blonde. Some people, it's LLs. Well, then in the early 90s, it was Maxima. That super strong woman that she had a thing for him. He wasn't interested, but she kept coming after him. Oh. I mean, it's like Lex Luthor, you know. He's super interested in Superman. And that's <laughs> actually, that's the, the final LL. <laughs> yeah. That's like, that's, that's the real thing. to all along. I know. You, you think you're so clever with your Batman Superman fanfic, but the real, the real fanfic's been right there all along. <laughs> his own villain's been writing it. <laughs> it's like, he's like, I'll get you next time, Superman. And then he goes back into his, like, office. It's like writing his fanfic. It's like, it's like it, was a, it was a dark night. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my god! I was such a naughty boy, and then <laughs> Superman came in, flew he, right through that wall. He didn't let me have time to monologue. Yeah. He's, he's always watching me, always listening to me. Lex began Smelling to monologue. Every Superman <laughs> put his finger up to him. Shh, Lex. <laughs> I, I know only one thing that can uh, stop his monologue. You're my kryptonite. <laughs> Submit that to the publishers. So during this day with Superman and Wonder Woman, the power goes out and you get another I think like the one of the great things I love about this book is they really make it make these like giant page spreads really have like an impact. Like this is what the third like two page spread in this this series right now. It's just a giant wave with this air carrier on fire with lightning in the background. About to crash into the city. It's just so intense. It's just showing you like like this is Gives, this is like the best defense for Aquaman is he's Atlantean so by proxy he is capable of this as well mm-hmm. and well he doesn't have aquakinesis he doesn't have aqua we'll get back to we'll get to that too because he could <laughs> technically if if he had the yeah, right I was going to say do you, would you consider their fast swimming uh, aquakinesis like are they like pushing water because unless they're like so strong that they can just like you know thwip whip through the water I have no idea how this one works. I always thought it was that because they were so strong. Yeah. yeah. But then the the one thing I've never got answered is why Aquaman is stronger than the other Atlanteans. It's got that human DNA. Yeah. I don't understand. Yeah, I don't know why being a hybrid because you think that would make him weaker. And he was in <laughs> heat, spent no, less time. I, that's always a thing, though, in like, the storylines, I feel like, with like John. Uh, they always try to justify, like, oh, if it's like two, you get the power. And humans want to always you know, bump themselves up. Well, I mean, if you're reading the Justice League storyline right now, there's a lot of there's a lot of explanation of that, the human DNA and stuff. Got to keep up, dude. It's, it's real good. What was it like uh, Mass Effect Two, where it's like, oh, the human DNA, it's it's more special, it's more unique or whatever. Yeah, I'm nodding my head. That doesn't really help for audio. <laughs> I'm nodding my head. Uh, yeah, and it, it that's like there's a whole plot thread going on with that which it's the good juice it's the good juice it's very interesting and it's got Lex Luthor stuff centered around it so I'm I'm really enjoying it it's, and Martian Manhunter now when you say his stuff when we're talking about human DNA are you do you just mean stuff as in like his personhood or his like stuff personhood okay I mean it has to do it 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 dives into why he's doing what he's doing more you finally get an explanation which I thought was very good because they didn't really go into it much when they started doing this whole Legion of Doom thing, it was just like, embrace Doom. 
now you kind of get more explanation, which I'm enjoying. Like, finally, kind of know what's what's going on in that noggin. So now I can either sympathize or just really hate it. Like, feels less less cheesy, like less stereotypical, less stereotypical villain. Uh, but anyways, back to this issue. We got Superman and Wonder, Wonder Woman springing into action. I love that her ability to change costume is either spinning or like throwing her whip around her. It's, she's revealing the truth. The rope. Yeah. yeah, the rope because you can see it, like fade, her dress fading. I love that too because they got that from the old Wonder Woman TV show. That's so cool. <laughs> oh, it's his outfit coming on too. It looks like it's like materializing around his oh, neck. Yeah, his in the New 52, it's his like chest emblem thing. He sticks it on. It's not where he's wearing the costume. He just has the chest thing on, and then he just activates it, and it creates the suit around his body. Wow. I like that so much more. Yeah. I forgot that It makes that. more yeah. sense if it was like that. Yeah, I, I really like the New 52 costume for him. It was really cool. And I don't know if his cape in pre-New 52 was indestructible, but it is in this one, Yeah, which I thought was really cool. And it like came in handy later when he gets like depowered, and he like just... It like it's ripped finally, but he uses it as like wraps for his fists since no, he yeah. doesn't have like super like superpowers. He's just like using it to help punch and justify not breaking his hands. That was really great. So you get you know this giant carrier flying into the city. Wonder Woman and Superman flying to catch it in midair, stop it. Really great double page spread of you know just like how much destruction is like happening. And then you get the reappearance of Volko, who swoops in to save Lois Lane, because she gets swept up in the water before he ends up passing out. And then you cut to Aquaman, who's still with Mira and Batman having a conversation with Batman's little beady eyes. And Aquaman has this big realization that they're following the Atlantean war plans that he made. So there's what I'm saying. Like, I think this helps... Aquaman's case of people saying that he's not a cool superhero. I mean, doesn't he's a great super. He doesn't just <laughs> doesn't justify him being a superhero, but it just helps put in perspective how powerful a character he is. Not in terms of him being able to have like a one-on-one fight in Superman, but the fact that Jeff Johns and in Rebirth they make it pretty clear like he is the leader of a nation with the resources and power to really do some damage if they want it kind of thing. And, I mean, he's saying right here in this issue that he helped make these plans. So he himself is a danger because you find out coming up, you know, a little bit more about the plans and who he finds are the targets to take out if he really wanted to go through with things, which I thought was very, very interesting. You've got a great one-page spread of Orm, which I love his design in New 52 compared to his old, like, gold and weird symbol on his chest in the Golden Age. I don't remember what he looked like then. Then it was the, like, the fins on his helmet were more out. He had a weird red symbol on, it looked like a manta, it looked like a manta on his chest. Oh, right. Yeah. Like, I think, I loved his New 52 costume. It was super cool. Yeah, this is much better. That's right. And it looked really good in the movie, too, which I really liked. I want to go see the movie right after this, but I can't. Don't worry, I'll get it on Blu-ray. You can watch all, you can watch all you want, Roman. Sweet. Uh, so, so we're still for the Justice League book, Colton. We're we're on the same mm-hmm. yep. one for one now. Uh, we got a same issues. We got a cool open to the next issue of Gotham drowning, and you got Jim Gordon and Harvey Bullock illuminated by the bat symbol as they're like getting yeah. swept away by the water. water. I, that, love, I love those. So panels. good. 
And then just the 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 kind of internal monologue or dialogue that Aquaman's having here, talking about it, saying, you know, they're lucky I saw the light. I also heard and the and heard one of them shouting underwater, Barbara. I can hear them underwater saying that, and then just lets them know, like Batman shows up, he's like, Barbara's safe, Jim, don't worry, everything's fine. That's one thing I always wonder. I wondered reading this, but like a lot of Aquaman comments, I'm like, how. How does they mention some? I mean, how do Orm and Aquaman? How do how do any of the Lannies talk to each other underwater? There's uh-huh. never any explanation of that. I was I was very curious how they were going to pull that off in the Aquaman movie because when they did Justice League, there was no communication between anybody underwater. The only time there yeah. was was Mira made a air pocket, and that's how she talked to Arthur. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And I was like, is that how it's going to be in the Aquaman movie? Like, that's going to be really awkward to like take time out of the movie to justify going to places to talk. Like, you show up, just imagine, like, some Atlantean getting mad at another Atlantean and showing up and just, like, waving their arms, like, yelling, and the other one's like, I can't. had a really cool elaborate sign language. (laughs) Elaborate sign language? That'd be so awesome. Yeah, they should. (laughs) Underwater language, yeah. Mm -hmm. And then they're like, like, I can't understand what you're saying. They're just, like, motioning, like, I don't know what you're saying. It's like, come over here so we can talk about this. You gotta have a bunch of air pockets everywhere just for conversation. And, you know, they didn't have to explain in the movie. People can just talk underwater. (laughs) <laughs> they can yeah. just do Why it. Why do it? I just didn't understand how Superman and other characters can breathe underwater and talk underwater. That was my thing. Yeah. They do that in the animated, too. Like, Green Lantern, okay, I can understand him underwater being able to talk because he's got that aura thing around that mm. does everything. But Superman and Wonder Woman... I mean, she's I, a god. I don't understand. Like, it makes no sense. Especially when Superman in New 52 has to hold his breath in space. Yeah. But he can totally breathe underwater, like, fine. Like, nothing. <laughs> different. Too huh. much. Too much yeah, talk, Trevor. makes sense. <laughs> so good. Uh, you've got, so Batman's talking with Jim Gordon in Bullock, and then they're kind of asking about what's going on with the water, and you've got Mira, who's single-handedly trying to hold this wave back before she, you know, can't handle the strain anymore. Should we, just, t- should we tell people what Mera's powers are, in case they haven't seen the movie? Or? Yeah, so Mera's powers is, she's aquakinetic. Sure. They don't, really, that's a good word. they don't really. Yes. Aquakinesis. Mm-hmm. She's a waterbender. Yeah. yeah. She can control yeah. water. Which I've never really understood how she has that power or how she got it. I don't know about. Mm, is it Zebel? Is that like? Does yeah. she? Get, she uh, she's does, from Zebel. So she's, is it considered magic? Yeah. She's from another dimension, which in at least the old continuity. I don't mm-hmm. know about. Yeah. Current, they said but, in the old continuity, she's from another dimension. It's not. They're not Atlantean. It's, she's just right. like from a different city state. I think like in the yeah, modern in, New Fifty Two. In New Fifty Two and in oh. Rebirth, Zebel is an exiled faction of Atlantis that was trapped in another dimension within the Bermuda Triangle. And they could not get out. But then there were two people, her, her, and then I think someone else that had the ability to control water. And then sh- they trained her to become an assassin to kill Aquaman. Mm-hmm. And then okay. finally be able yeah. to pierce the barrier enough for her to get through and to go out and kill Aquaman. And then that didn't work out and she fell in love with them. And that's yeah. what happened. So okay, I, rem- I remember that stuff. Because, yeah, in old continuity, they were in another dimension and just everybody, all Zebelians could control water Mm -hmm. yeah like I don't think yeah nobody else could which I didn't think was much of a power like as a kid like oh off yeah what are watching like avatars like water bending oh really I think it has the the most utility (sighs) I don't know I just couldn't take it seriously it it would like on the Superman's cartoon I think she was on a couple times and yeah it wasn't a big deal I like Aquaman but Aquaman compared to 
the supporting cast of characters in his series is nothing compared to Mira or even his own sidekick. Basically, he's got, if you look at like the list of things they can all do, he's got a magic trident. He can do his telepathic thing with aquatic life. He's strong and stuff. But you've got a person that has like the same speed and strength and it can also control water and create tidal waves and do other things. And you have a sidekick who also can do that and then cast magic. Why do you think Aqualad could control water? He's done it. The new... So they've got Tempest, the original Aqualad. He had all those... He became like a a, a sorcerer. And then he's... I mean, by proxy, he's able to like manipulate water and stuff Mm -hmm. as like a sorcerer. Oh, okay. But then they introduced in New 52 a new Aqualad, basically who also showed oh, up in the Young right. Justice cartoons, and right. he's also able to manipulate water, and he can do electricity. Are you talking wow. about the Black Mana Sun one? Or? Yeah. Yeah, because he showed up in New 52. Oh, so yeah, what he happened to him? Jackson, he, Jackson he, Hyde, he shows up he's in been, Rebirth. He's been done dirty. Yeah, he... He was part of the first Teen Titans team. In the and Rebirth then, run, and then just gone. Yeah, and then when it did, like, the reconfiguration, he just hasn't been talked about, and yeah. I really like his character design. They supposedly were going to have him feature in a one of those new DC labels, like the Young Readers one. The Ink, yeah, right? Not Ink. Uh, maybe, or maybe it was Ink. Yeah, the Teen Reader one. Because he's, he's, uh, he's gay. So they were going to have him... I was thinking about the meat comment. <laughs> Do you want to tell Roman uh, about the meat comment Black Manta makes in that comment? Yeah, they have a conversation where he's with his estranged father, Black Manta, and they're looking for some sort of like aquatic weapon. And he tells Black Mana that he's gay, and then Black Mana says, I don't care, we're all just meat. At least you know Dad's on board with it. Yeah, just, yeah. <laughs> just meat rubbing against different meats. So, yeah, like Holt said, he just kind of disappeared, which is, I think, like, the most... It's like I think this, the biggest thing I struggle with with comics and where... I Would you say the publisher or, like, the... I feel like it's publisher more than writers. Like I want to think it's the like DC itself or Marvel itself is when they shed they shed characters and they push characters out or they replace characters with characters. I don't know. It's like okay, they started rebirths. Like great way to bring back all these characters from pre New Fifty Two that kind of got shoved away and to give them kind of more feature and spotlight. Or yeah, bring back Aqualad. Bring back features like remember the Teen Titans. Now you get to see them all grown up and you know trying to fill these roles of their their mentors but not as teens anymore it's like these things and then they kind of just push them out it's kind of like the comic itself is also saying like all right well we're done with you like we want to make the we want to introduce these cool new characters and then you get stuff like the dark the dc age of heroes and then you got all these characters and it's like okay so you made you paved the way for all these new characters without really getting them introduced much but you're giving up on utilizing this this pool of like superhero like roster to use from and then you kind of bring them some of them back but then immediately take them out again because yeah. they just restarted titans again after that no justice event and they're about to end it like oh yeah we got like now you got natasha they irons back team. and like ms martian's back and they're like we're getting rid of we're getting rid of them we got some new characters coming in like brian bendis made you know <laughs> teen lantern DC. And we got yeah we Brian's got bendis comics we got Teen Lantern and we got some other new characters. Well, I think Amethyst was bef- around before. Yeah, she's been around. And then Ginny Hex has been around, but you've 
Oh, she has? I didn't I, know about I her. I felt like she had been. Because she's a descendant of Jonah Hex. I right. feel like they've mentioned her before. But you've got a lot of these new, or you got the new teen, the new Teen Titans with Edgy Robin, uh, where they introduce like not only, not only did they add a couple new characters, like new rosters, like you got Kid Flash, uh, Red Arrow, and uh, Robin. Like, oh yeah, who else are they gonna bring back of all these teen heroes that are still around? Like, we got Crush, you know, Daughter of Lobo. You got uh, what's his name? On the, the bowling ball line. Yeah, the bowling oh, yeah, ball like guy. Chunk or whatever. I don't know what his name <laughs> is. I'm, yeah, I'm having a tough time trying to remember what his name is. And then you got a the genie, genie, yeah, hmm. which is like a a girl genie. Uh, yeah, so they're just like throwing these new characters, and it's not like I'm opposed to having these characters. I think it's cool to being able to introduce new stuff, and for especially for new generation readers to find a character that's just starting and hopefully latch onto them, or even for people that have read for a long time, like a, like a Miles Morales situation or a Kamala Khan Ms. Marvel. But I feel like also DC's missing out on bringing other characters back and using them more. Or when they do, they're just like shoving them aside, or they heroes in crisis them, and then you then you then you, they're never coming back, kind of thing. Like I think also I, I think it was just the Wally West thing that really turned me turned me sour. It's so sad. Turning well, a well, in crisis. Uh, we're st- well, we were talking about this on the other podcast. I we're thinking we're thinking ah, no, none of them are actually dead. I mean, I'm hoping, but then... You were in that it, latest Heroes in Crisis, right? I did, okay. <laughs> but I'm so confused because then you've also got that that Batman price. They haven't hit an explanation. All the, <laughs> I, I, It's hard for me to trust any articles, like reading articles or interviews now with any writers or D- DC publishers. But before Heroes in Crisis came out, the story sounded completely different than what it was. Hmm. And they had that whole fake... Uh, cat, we're getting way off track, but I'm, now we're on this tangent. They got that. They had that like, whole fake. I like you're uh, on this tangent, and we're just like riding along in your train. Passionate about yeah. this. They had that whole fake tangent. I'll find a way to circle back. They had that whole fake tangent of which one of these heroes is going to die in Heroes in Crisis because it was going to be one hero. Just came back. They all died. Yeah, they all died, <laughs> and like even some of them weren't even in it because they had like Cyborg in there and uh, like Kyle Rayner was in there as like one of the potential mm-hmm. people going to die, and there was all these speculation, all this stuff, and then yeah, it was not only was it two or two of the people or Wally West wasn't even in that photo it was like Arsenal was the only one of that photo of people that died but then it was not only did he die but everybody at this place died and then there was a thing where they were saying interviewing Tom King it's like these characters are dead dead like whatever di- whoever dies in this is dead and it's up to other writers and other series if they want to bring them back but now like you were saying and after this last issue I'm start I'm starting to have that same thing too. like oh we just I feel like I'm getting gaslit real hard by Tom King about what's going on. And I just want a conclusion. And please don't be like Watchmen Doomsday Clock and delay months, <laughs> yeah. months after months. Because that, that would hurt me really bad. And that, though, to circle back, thankfully, Aqualad didn't die in that. All we didn't right. see Aqualad. There you go. And we, we didn't did see it. Tempest in there, but we did get that good... A drunk Tempest scene in that like two page spread. I don't know if you remember yeah. and Lagoon Boy, where they pick him up from the bar. Oh, Lagoon Boy was oh, rip, yeah, rip. That was that was heartbreaking for me. I really got into Lagoon Boy after watching Young Justice and his terrible aquatic Atlantis puns, where he would say "chum" to everybody or <laughs> Neptune's beard constantly. Um, so, anyways, Mira breaks down from the strain of using her powers, and this is like one of the, like I can't imagine being a What'd you say? Aqua, aqua kinetic, not aqua kinetica. 
I like having aquakinesis. Aquakinesis. Aqua, aquakinesis powers. She talks about how she was, during the strain, the, like, moving the water and all the bodies in the water. Like, she could feel them moving around as she's, like, controlling the water. That's so eerie. It's so creepy. Like, oh, it's, it's rough. Cryptic. Yeah. I, I always love the, the bloody nose. It has to, if it is some sort of mental strain, always has to have a bloody nose. Mm-hmm. They should have one like where the teeth fall out or something. It's just like something like really dark and bizarre. As the teeth start bleeding, like between the gums. Oh yeah, well you don't have like it's got to be either eyes, ears, nose, mouth. I mean that's the only way to show the mental strain is tough. Under the fingernails. (laughs) Uh, So like we're kind of getting a back and forth cut between Aquaman scenario and then what's going on with Superman, Wonder Woman where they are identifying who this strange Atlantean is, which is Volko, who wakes up and is kind of freaking out until they kind of tell him to calm the hell down and tell us what's going on. And he's just saying that he... Well, the fact he cold clocks Superman. Yeah. Sends him flying across the, the roof. Which you wouldn't show from Volko. Yeah, which is showing that any Atlanteans are stronger than... Yeah. Are super strong. Not, not to be messed with. Um... We get Aquaman and Batman riding together, trying to figure out what's going on. And Aquaman is talking about what changed and why these Atlantean war plans came to be. So it's talking about his whole struggle of when his dad died, his search for Atlantis, how he nearly died trying to find it. And, you know, when he did show up, they were happy to have him. Like, he felt welcomed. Even his brother stepped down from the throne, which which I thought was very interesting too, where I have this big problem where I keep sympathizing with some of these some of these villainous characters in this book. It's it's <laughs> turning into a bad habit. Uh, but then he talks about then the whole tension of some people didn't think he was legitimate to be king because he hadn't been in Atlantis for so long. So there was a lot of there was a lot of questioning whether or not he was capable or eligible to be followed by the dark side event happen. Aquaman showed up to help with that. So it was like he abandoned them because he felt like this is was his calling. He needed to be there, which caused a whole bunch of stuff. And as he's in the middle of telling Batman this heartfelt story, their plane gets blown up. And then I think this was probably one of my favorite things is gets a little, a little bit more dive deep into Aquaman's war plans where he starts talking about who the targets are. And he mentions that Batman was one of the priority targets to get rid of at the very beginning. <laughs> and Batman just says I'm flattered. So this is like its own version of uh, Tower of Babylon. Was that the Tower event? of Babel? Tower of Babel. Oh, yeah, yeah. Where Batman has his own plans to take out the Justice League. Aquaman had yeah. his own plans <laughs> and knew who to go for first, kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Like solid. Yeah, I like yeah. it. Gotta appreciate. Gotta appreciate. You know, Batman for what he is a big threat to everybody. Yeah, yeah. These guys are smart. even to himself. Yeah. <laughs> I love in a uh, Rebirth they do a lot of comparisons to Aquaman and Batman before the new the new all new started right before the Throne of Atlantis event War for Atlantis thing started when he like has his like not amnesia but he people think he's dead mm, he's kind of right. hanging out in the low district of Atlantis he yeah. constantly compares what he's doing to being like Batman like hiding in the shadows and striking fear into everybody so like nobody can really he's just like an urban legend like how people treat Batman down there they call him the Aquaman like the Aquaman. Like, yeah, they call him the Aquaman. Just hide like a swarm of fish comes, and then get, people get the crap kicked out of him, and then he's gone just like that. <laughs> and he's a vigilante down there. 
So you get Aquaman up in the Watchtower talking with Volko, who's kind of explaining what's going on a little bit more with Orm. Like, Orm wants to go to war with the surface. He believes the surface is responsible for the attacks on Atlantis with the missiles. He's got he's got his whole army behind him. We all clearly know that that's not true. Um, you know. That seems well within the reach, especially if you know, Amanda Waller can be made into freaking top dog. Yeah, jeez. Uh, you get some, you know, more aftermath of like all this tidal wave crap happening. You see like people trying to get out of the water from boats. Orm shows up and is demanding for the king of the king of the surface, basically, and is about to, you know, kill a dude trying to get some answers when Aquaman shows up and is trying to resolve the resolve the situation diplomatically, trying to get him to talk him down. He's able to convince the League who wants to just go in and beat the crap out of him and put him into custody to give him the opportunity to convince him to send Atlantis back into the into the ocean, which isn't going well. The, the conversation just continues to get heated. And just, oh, I love how Ivan Reese draws Orm's face. Like, just full teeth bared. He is... Full square teeth, yeah, too. Scary square just teeth. Just vicious. Or just, like, when he has the... Uh, like the just the top teeth, like biting lip kind of face, <laughs> and all you can see is like those weird. You can't see his eyes between those like weird red lenses. Super interesting. You got the Justice League boom tubes in. They're telling Aquaman like, "Nice job doing that thing you said you were gonna do." Not, and decides that they they should step in and deal with it. And Aquaman decides to take things into his own hands by taking Batman's throat into his own hand, with. Like, I like. I still don't feel like there was good justification for Can this. Do you see how big his hands are? They're like he has like Hulk hands. Like, look at that big meaty fist around all Batman's entire neck. <laughs> These fists aren't <laughs> just for attracting mates. <laughs> I also felt like the Justice League kind of stepped in too soon. Yeah, they, they stepped in too soon. Given him more time. It, it's just. It seems to be a big problem is nobody can communicate or trust each other in this thing. But they're like Team America, you know? Like, fuck yeah. It happens, go in there. It happens in Rebirth also where, like, they can't trust Aquaman and they like, he's like, give me a chance. They're like, okay. And they step in too soon. It's like, stop, just stop stepping in too soon. Just wait it out. But then how do you know? Like, how can you, how can you judge when it's going, when it's going downhill or, or things are about to smooth out? Because that conversation with Orm was not getting better. Yeah, you're saying the tides are always really uh, tumultuous. Yeah, you know, conversations like the tides, they ebb and flow. Uh, let's see, what do we got? So we've got uh, next chapter. You've got Aquaman still in grasp of Batman's throat while Cyborg is tracking down a professor or a doctor who has studied Arthur's like Atlantean like yeah, life. Yeah, he studied all the Atlantean history and culture and so physiology. He's, he's basically the only person on he's the, the surface nerd. that has the most. Yeah. yeah, he's he's hardcore Atlantean fanboy, and he is the biggest. He Aquaman's war plans see him as one of the biggest threats too because he has the most knowledge on the surface of Atlantis. So if things were to go south with the surface, he could be a big problem because he could provide a lot of information on on Atlanteans. Not like it's super accurate but any information is dangerous to yeah that's actually uh, real that they'll uh i heard that the u.s government has hired anthropologists under the guise of like researching 
uh, different cultures Interesting. in order to then use that information to like better be able to wage war against them. That's scary. Yeah. It's, it's also really messed up and calls in a lot of uh, ethics into play. <laughs> but it is actually a tactic that is really important. That's crazy. Okay. Uh, so you've got Aquaman now, instead of fighting Orm, just fighting the tr- the Trinity. He's just swinging in, like, 360, going <laughs> in a circle, whoever he hits he's happy with. Which is interesting <laughs> because that he is actually... I mean, they're not going serious on him, but the fact that he's taking on three-on-one of the three most deadly people of the Justice League. And I love how they draw the lasso of truth in this. It's just flipping everywhere. It's just <laughs> everywhere. It's, and then I always wonder, like, how long is the lasso of truth? As long as it needs to be. Yeah, like, does it extend? Like, it's so interesting. He's getting strangled by that, knocked around, and then finally Orm steps in with his... Magic Triton. Their coloring in this is so good. It's yeah. great. Yeah, it's I love that purple lightning. Super good. I love his Trident and the, like the lightning powers it has. And I didn't realize until reading this again, like I didn't know this watching the animator stuff that his so his helmet is what controls the oceans. Oh right, that was yeah. Reading this, I'd forgotten that too because I don't. That was, I think Jeff Johns that too yeah so it's like a magic helmet and then he's got the trident that controls the storms like what a what a set combo so if Aquaman had that helmet then he could control the ocean and then you get another great setup where him and Orm go back to fighting and Orm's like I'm so confused like one minute you're fighting with me then you're fighting your friends and you're fighting with me again like what's going on it doesn't matter we're going to war and you get another great two page spread of just a giant army of Atlanteans coming out of the water as he just like brushes one woman aside like nothing. Uh, oh, like I always thought it was interesting too with some of these Atlanteans. They have that weird barnacle like growth thing on their arms. They're like the. Uh, it's like the herpes of uh, Atlantis culture. I was gonna say they're like the people from the Pirates of the Caribbean movie, Pirates of the Ship. Oh, yeah. The crew. They're just, with Davy Jones. Yeah, they're mutating. Oh, I see that panel. It's, Orm doesn't brush her aside. He's just ignoring her, and a couple of his soldiers blast her. Oh, oh, I, I totally thought it was him just brushing her aside. Interesting. Yeah, you have to like flatten the book out yeah. to see his oh. hand in the pan, in the yeah. spine of the book. <laughs> Such a good costume. I love the costume with like the purple and the yeah. black. Yeah, this really made Ocean Master cool too. Finally. Yes. Um, oh God, I can't stop thinking of Ocean Master without thinking of Ocean Daddy from uh, the Mira Queen of Atlantis story that came out from Rebirth. That Dad Amnett wrote it was like oh, last oh, year. I didn't read it. It was a six-issue miniseries that took place during, right before, like the Drowned Earth and all that stuff happened. And it's all about Mira depowered, but she teams up with Orm, who is living with a family. He like got it. He that, yeah, I knew about that. Maybe I did read something. He was in a relationship <laughs> with a lady who had a kid, and he was like stepdad. Yeah. I like the thing was just Ocean Daddy because they also just made him like they just like did a full page spread of just like of zoom in of his butt <laughs> and I was like this is just some thirst trap like Ocean Master stuff going on right now yeah just full being, daddy fantasy yeah just like... being a big 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 good old dad and then he gets in that seawater and it corrupts him so fast give me a great image him <laughs> using his trident to flip burgers oh <laughs> I would love it if I could just have that on my wall just like <laughs> Some crab cakes. <laughs> Just serving a seafood platter. Uh, you got Cyborg, who's still dealing with trying to rescue Shin, who's getting attacked by Tula, which is like kind of a little quick like call-out to her, which is, I guess, Aquaman's half-sister, because it's Orm's half-sister. 
Oh, I don't know what it is nowadays. In the old days, like before Crisis on Infinite Earth, she was killed in Teen Titans, mm-hmm. and she was Garth Aqualad's girlfriend. Yeah, and she had a little bit of powers too. While she was kind of with the Titans, mm-hmm. but then she got killed in that series. Yeah, and this uh, she shows up. She's just like this assassin person. She's sister to Orm. Oh, okay. And then in Rebirth, she kind of she starts or towards the end of New Fifty Two, Fifty Two, she's warms up to Aquaman's perspective and stuff and comes close to Mira and then in New 50 or in Rebirth she's one of his top council associates and kind of is in acting in command when he's not there and then now she's just chilling in Amnesty Bay uh, at his lighthouse and then just kind of hanging out with the dog like she doesn't go back to Atlantis she talks about how she okay. likes going to the carnival eating cotton candy like she's kind of warming up to the surface world and that's basically where they left her yeah I don't know what's going on nowadays with like, cause Mera's with the Justice League now, right? She, well, she was kind of. before the DC Universe. Like, she was during Rebirth, towards the end of the Justice League run, and then, then the whole Dark Knight's Metal stuff kicked off, and then the No Justice, and then she wasn't anymore because Aquaman came back, but then she showed up in the last Justice League Annual up in yeah. space at the Source Wall, and then yeah. not there anymore. Oh. Like, I don't know. I feel like because they don't have a character from Aquaman's rogues gallery to be in the Legion of Doom anymore since Black Man is missing in action. They don't like have a reason to have an Aquaman character, which I think is just weird because I feel like if they're going to do a Drowned Earth event to focus on Aquaman, the movie just came out. Why are they not having a Aquaman character in the yeah. league right now? Yeah, The roster is pretty big, but I mean, maybe once he comes back and she's just kind of like a temporary like rotating member, but I mean, I... She should have been in the Justice League a lot sooner. Yeah. She's yeah. such a good and character. And she's still Queen of Atlantis, right? She is Queen of Atlantis okay. right now, yeah. And then... But for how long? For how long? Uh, for she's how getting long? married, so we'll see. To Arthur? No. What? They, they're looking for suitors. That's that's oh, why that's I hate... Right. That's yeah, why I hate okay. these issues are once a month. Right now, she's they're, <laughs> they're having to show her suitors because they don't know where Aquaman is. He's on some weird island with a bunch of old sea gods that are disguised as old people. Oh, right. And right. that's what's happening, yeah. And he's kind of like, forgotten and he's amnesia like, again. Yeah, he's got amnesia <laughs> again. He's afraid of the water. He must have a lot of brain damage. <laughs> I, I don't know. They Like, it's supposed to be... Water on the brain. Hydroencephalopathy. <laughs> there we go. He's got to keep these coming. Oh, geez. Uh, <laughs> what's this book we're about? <laughs> yeah, we should just just throw this book out and just <laughs> make water, water puns and just kind of see where we're at in the we current don't, We time. don't want to sink the podcast. So we've got the Justice League continuing to fight against Orm and the army of Atlantis, who are, you know, kind of overwhelming them until Superman swoops in and has one of the most scariest (laughs) images, which I feel like might have been the the setup for like, hey, what if we did an evil Superman story called Injustice? Because this image of him like flaring up with his eyes just glowing red and like the whole page is red so good he looks so angry and evil in it like don't mess with him yeah not that it really yeah not that it really mattered yeah it doesn't matter because like a page later ocean master just electrocutes all of them yeah he this is where you find out like superman talks about taking taking out the trident and stuff or no aquaman's like yeah you get ready to get wrecked orm He's like, Superman's the strongest person on the planet. No way you could take him. 
And he's like, oh, yeah, well, I mean, you've seen what my crown can do. Check out my trident. And then just lightning rains down, and he knocks them all out. I felt really bad for Batman all this. He's just been, like, kind of asleep, I think, this whole time. Yeah, just kind of, like, face down <laughs> in the water, just <laughs> drifting. Just glubbing. Uh, just like, yeah, I love these, like, just, there's so many good page pages in this of really good art and really yeah. cool moments. Good action movie shots. Yeah, great action movie shots. Like, I love this page where he calls down the lightning, then he has all the Trinity trapped in these vortexes of water, and he's standing over Aquaman, just looking menacing. It's so good. Like, the water, the lightning, like, the, the effects of, like, the splash, like, the waves crashing and splashing. Super good. So, and you get those sweet, like, square teeth bearing moments all over the place with them. I just love it. And those evil uh, Attack on Titan teeth. Yeah. <laughs> less, but thankfully less smiling. It would be a little more creepy that way. So you got Cyborg, though, meanwhile, who has been avoiding this fight because he's been rescuing Dr. Shin, who he takes up to the Watchtower. And then he heads off to his dad and says, Dad, I need you to take my lung away. And then his dad says, okay, my boy. It's like finally, yeah. Yeah, finally, so he, wow. so he finally has undersea capabilities. Yeah, you get Cyborg a, does. You get a couple Easter egg shoutouts to some other characters. You got Doctor Morrow here who talks about his robot that controls the weather, hmm. aka Red, Red Tornado. Tornado yeah. And then you've got them talking about Will Magnus and his metal men, which also another shoutout. They show up later actually in the Trinity War event, I believe. Mm-hmm. Yeah, or end of Crime Syndicate. They show up at some point. Yeah, I think it's all the superheroes are gone, and Cyborg gets, like, freaking D-plus hero. <laughs> You're not what I would want. Well, speaking of, you know, having to recruit, because the Justice League's out, he calls in the reserve roster, basically, of all these potential people to join in. So he puts out a distress signal, so he got Element Woman, Green Arrow, Black Lightning, Vixen, Zatanna, Shazam, Hawkman, Black Canary, Firestorm, and Gold Rush? Who I've never heard of before. Oh, yeah. I gotta go back to that page. Zatanna, um, Shazam, and Firestorm, though, that's a pretty broken, like, <laughs> magic slash matter controlling team. Yeah. Well, and I, a, I guess Element Woman, if she's, she looks very serious here, but I don't assume she's serious ever. I love Element Woman. I feel she like. She was great. I got juice boxes, guys. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know who Gold Rush is. I think yeah. she's around briefly for a few years in New 52. Pre Silencer. Well, I, this is the well, only. I think she's like. She looks like the female version of Gold from the Metal Men. Really? <laughs> this is the only time we see her because then she doesn't show up at all in the next pages. But then you get to see the Atom show up, which yeah. is the female Atom. I was going to look that up because I, I, I forgot there was a female Atom. Yeah, well, that was the whole big twist was she was from the crime syndicate. Oh, right. Okay, yeah. that one. And she was just okay. undercover the whole time, okay, like yeah, spying yeah. and relaying information. It's too bad Zatanna showed up, too, because it always ticks me off with Zatanna because I think Grant Morrison pointed out once, you know, the way she was originally written and everything, anything she says backward happens. Mm-hmm. So she could just say, Superman die, and he mm-hmm. dies. <laughs> but then writers never know what to, never show her being that powerful because otherwise she'd just end any story she's in. Yeah. So she's always just kind of there. <laughs> they always like find an excuse to kind of handicap her from being able to do what she's supposed to be able to do. Yeah, like in this later on, she, you know, she's stopping a little bit of water. It's like, well, why doesn't she just say all the water evaporate? Yeah. Every, you know. Atlantis go home. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Colton, you know it would be a great story to talk about? Since we talked about, you know, female Adam Crime Syndicate. Remember that Forever Evil storyline? Mm-hmm. Remember where, like, they had that weird box, Pandora's box, and it opened, and then you don't know anything that happened after that with it? 
all those characters. Wouldn't that oh, be you fun? Mean, well, you mean the Seven Deadly Sins? Yeah. How they were just sort of there and they were a thing. And then, and then it turned then... out it was it was turned out it was a, actually a portal device from Earth three, and it wasn't even though it was a million years old, it was actually a device from another Earth to teleport. That was like a contemporary same time. Like, wasn't well, that a great story? <laughs> Talk about that sometime. <laughs> Where did they go? Where... I feel like. Three heads, though, could figure out that story. Plus, you know, potential listeners could fill us in on that because I felt very confused. Are you saying that, that you want to do the crime syndicate? I might, that might be a pick down the road for okay. me. Okay. Which one was that? It's, it's five or oh, six God. of uh, New 52 Justice League, but it okay. also has a whole other, like, bunch of side stories they have to read to yeah, make any it's part sense. Of Forever Evil, wasn't yeah. It? Yeah. It took me so long to read that book. I don't know why. I had, I had it for like three weeks, and I just kept like reading two pages a day. I, like I keep going back. I'm like, I feel like I'm missing something here. We could like, just do Grant Morrison's Crime Syndicate, like self-contained story yeah, back up from the 90s. That'd be nice. I mean, anything. I I love reading a Grant Morrison if it's a full, complete run. I, I've I've realized now I can't do. You can't jump partway through the washing machine. I can't. Well, I can't just wait, kind of thing, or oh, you can't, do week you can't, to week, or you get pulled down in the whirlpool. Because then I just feel confused reading it, and then I got to wait a month for the next one to come out, and then wait because it's going to be another four issues before all these threads that he's introducing tie in together. And I just can't handle the stress, Grant Morrison. I just just want to know now. I need you got to give me either good linear or you know if you're gonna do a braided story, don't braid five braids in it. Just give me two braids and I can be patient. But if you put like five th- five threads out there, I'm gonna feel so lost, like lost in space or lost in an ocean, like this uh, issue of Green Lantern or Aquaman where you know, <laughs> Cyborg is about to get a new lung or get rid of his lung. He goes under for his operation while. His like brain is doing analysis on corrupted footage. Do you think that his father is like a new dad with a piece of technology? Like you know how there's always that dad thing, like around Christmas, like a new piece of tech, and they're like, oh, we need to do this, this, and this. Like his son is just like, oh, you're long, you don't need that anymore. Yeah. There's a mod for that. I really want to go and read Cyborg stories though. Like I'm jumping off so hard, but his dad's such a piece of shit in all these stories. Like I want to kind of read more and feel like he's I like, he's like sympathize. The ma- he's like the male Amanda Waller. Yeah, yeah. kind of. Um, so we cut to Dr. Dr. Shin and Volko hanging out in the watchtower unsupervised. Just kind of yeah. watching everything <laughs> watching everything unfold. And they're both kind of having their thoughts on it. And then Volko goes full on, like, finger pointing, like, it's your fault. Like, you're the cause of this. Like, if it was any other Atlantis person deciding, you would have got executed for the stuff that you did. But Arthur keeps you alive. And just goes out, like, just goes out chewing him out. And then meanwhile, you've got Aquaman who manages to bust out of this cocoon thing that he got put in by Orm. And they're at the bottom of the trench where all these monsters live. And he sets out to rescue Aquaman, Batman, and Wonder Woman, or Superman, Batman, and Wonder Woman, who are also in these things, while fighting off the trench. So you've got Batman who's talking him through it through like a headset yeah that's some cocoon. kind of communication though I don't know how Aquaman's hearing it because he's not wearing a headset yeah <laughs> there's some little tiny little details like that because he also says uh, hey friendship alright those two best friends <laughs> yeah because he they also just know Martian Manhunter is somewhere he says super he says okay not this extreme but how deep are we we don't need light you have a power I don't know this isn't the first time I've been trapped in confined space subsonic emitters will help map the area uh, never leave home without it. We're in the mid-Atlantic. This is where uh, Eaton, where, is he, where does he say it? Oh, he's got ju- they've got 
Justice League communicators. I don't I, know where Aquaman's is, but but this is them it's when it's it confusing, isn't it? <laughs> it is, but then all of a sudden, as they're fighting, they're having this conversation. Then he says, "We need to find Superman and Wonder Woman. Get out of here before we're overrun." I dropped my communicator, so I need you to talk me through the area. But oh. then it's still got that kind of like communicator dialogue bubble. I'm like, so how, how is yeah, he hearing that's it? Yeah, true. <laughs> or is he like hearing it faintly through the cocoon thing? Yeah, maybe maybe that's what he's hearing it through. That's what I wanted. Just this tiny bit of thing, like, oh, Aquaman, because of his powers, he can, he can like understand sound traveling through through liquid and still make it out just mumbling <laughs> and the Aquaman's a mutant like Namor but they don't say that because DC doesn't yeah. doesn't use right. it or that could be that could be an ongoing joke that he keeps mishearing what they're saying and just leaves <laughs> like wacky consequences I that'd do, be awesome <laughs> I do like in the old like gold age or silver age Justice League of America when Aquaman joins them he constantly is like mumbling or muttering, oh. and they have to tell him yeah. to speak up because he's just not used to the pressure of the surface, or he's like telling people they're too loud. I'm like, that's actually kind of cool. Yeah, I like that. Too. I wish they would have done that. I'm glad they got rid of that whole thing where he needs to be near water within like an hour or two, or else yeah. he'll die. That's so dumb. What a dumb that concept. Pretty, I, mean, I mean, that's part of the reason everybody always made fun of him from like the 70s on. It's like, what use is he? He talks to fish, and he can only be out of the water for an hour. <laughs> Time limits up, like in the middle of a fight. See you guys later. (laughs) I gotta go. Uh, Meanwhile, you've got to cut to the Justice League Reserve members fighting off the armies of Atlantis with a Firestorm, Black Lightning, Vixen, and then just a Savage Hawkman wailing on these dudes. I think that's what the title was called. Savage Hawkman? Savage Hawkman. Oh, yeah. He's just a a beast. And he's telling everybody else because they're all having a conversation about it. He's just like, if you're not going to shit shed blood in this like you're gonna get yourselves killed and then immediately gets like blown up yeah <laughs> like i know i'm just like keep on moving uh you get some good they just do a lot of good pictures of orm with his big square jaw teeth shouting just really bearing those fangs uh meanwhile you've got cyborg who's having a dream sequence before he wakes up he's got his got his new robot lung basically Aquaman's helping Batman try to rescue Superman and Wonder Woman. He, they find them in like the nest of the trench. It's all bioluminescent, which is really like, just the art is so yeah. pretty with that. So, yeah, so good. Really loving it. Uh, they manage to get rescued by Mira and Cyborg, who boom tube in and get everybody out. They manage to get Wonder Woman and Superman out. They boom tube out, I believe. I don't think they did actually. Um, no, they're just swimming away. But then they start realizing they're like, okay, well, where are the rest of the trench? Someone must be controlling them. Then you get another good two page spread of the trench showing up. So now it's like a three way fight between the surface, Atlantis, and the trench, who are just terrifying looking kind of things. Like, and you got like the big buffest one. It's like all shredded and stuff. Literally and figuratively. Yeah. <laughs> coming out so then you've got kind of like multiple scenes going on it's very i like that they have like these different scenes going on in this next two pages because you keep cutting between aquaman superman trying to figure out what's going on atlantis the on the surface fighting the volko shin moments back to aquaman and the group trying to figure out what's going on Shin and Volko fighting. So Volko is still very angry at Shin, still blaming him for, you know, outing Aquaman as Atlantean. Then you get the big reveal where everything kind of ties back in together where Aquaman realizes that Orm wasn't the one that set up this whole fake war. 
it was Volko the whole time, who has this trident that controls the trench somehow, because it's, yeah. it's a magic trident. So you find out Volko's been the one behind it all, which they don't... Yeah, like I, I just want to know where he was keeping the trident, though. That's the funny they... thing. I guess because it's magic, because it, apparently it just materializes in his hand, so I guess it was invisible? It was in his heart all along. Convenient, yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's like the lasso, just like, woo, like swirl around and a trident appears in your hand. So then you've got the Justice League shows back to the Watchtower, like now that they all are on the same page, like, okay, Volko's the one that set this all up. Shin got the crap beat out of him. Everybody's getting ready to go back down to the surface to fight Ooh. off what's going on. That was a funny panel, a little mistake, I thought, because it shows... Batman and Wonder Woman, she's touching like her battle armor, and he's got bat armor there, and he's changing belts. But then we don't actually they see, don't they don't put it. that armor yeah. on. What was, they, what was the point of showing us that? Yeah, it's like, oh, I think the, art, the artist. They're showing off. Yeah. Just like, <laughs> Look at my nice stuff. Yeah. Good gear. Got you too. money. Another just crazy, there's just so many giant two page, one page, one page <laughs> spreads in this. I don't know any, like, I don't know many other trades that I've read so far that have this many. Yeah, yeah, I think this. I think this has the most. I want to say maybe metal had some, but not even that much. You know, it had a lot of them. Uh, New Superman, the uh, little series with uh, Kenan. Oh yeah, Keenan, whatever his name is. Keenan Kong. Yeah, they had a lot of really cool two-page spreads. Who's I was surprised in this that they had. Um, they never make any mention of the fact you know Black Lightning is fighting here with all this water everywhere, but they never make it much. I was like, you know, that's a. Feel like he'd it's be pretty dangerous for him to be <laughs> fighting in anything near the ocean, isn't it? Yeah. Or would he be too powerful? Yeah. You feel like these people, you've got Black Lightning, Firestorm, and Zatanna there. You feel like they would be doing pretty well. Like you said, Roman, she should be able to do a lot more. Like dry water. You see that they're having trouble, you know, coordinating with each other. Like Firestorm's messing up Zatanna and Black Canary, like causing too much steam. Hawkman's just flying around, bashing and killing wherever he goes, just swooping over Orm and going on killing other people and Orm's like, yeah, this guy's just fucking wrecking ball flying yeah. all over the place. Uh, like batting a fish in a bucket. <laughs> it's like swinging at whatever he sees. So as Orm's getting ready to, you know, sink, what, like this is uh, Boston. Boston that they're trying to sink. Yeah, because he's trying to make an example of it. The Justice League boom tubes in to fight off Orm, like one last push. So everybody's going at it, action. Orm and Aquaman go at it fighting while the rest of the Justice League is dealing with what's going on. You've got... Oh, God. Oh, yeah, Batman gets this, like... Like, like, roster, like reserve roster all together, and he's like, we need you to go look for... Look for this dude, Volko. Hawkman, still bloodlust. Just like, you want him dead or alive? <laughs> kind of want him dead. <laughs> he's ready to kill. God, he's just, like, as hard as that nth metal right now. <laughs> <laughs> bashing all these Lantians' brains in. He just loves killing, dude. That's what he's about. It's so intense. Ultimate bird of prey. Yes. So you get back to Orm and Aquaman still fighting it out. Aquaman's basically got the upper hand while Volko's watching, kind of cheering on Arthur in the background. There's really cool. Oh, yeah, the purple lightning. Oh, my really God. Sick. But, but those eyes and that shadowed. Uh, yeah, panel. the glowing red eyes. So good. It's such a cool design. Love it. Uh, so Aquaman's just not having a good time getting getting the crap kicked out of him. Meanwhile, the Justice League is out trying to disable two, the two bombs that Orm has. 
And they manage to disable one thanks to Lady Adam, and Superman ends up taking the other one and throwing up into the sky. So that kind of throws off Orm's plan of sinking Boston. The tidal wave ends up getting stopped thanks to Mira and Zatanna, who, you know, freezes it. I mean, so she yeah. kind of, like... The firestorm's be... shooting something here, too. It's all cyborg. I, I feel like that would break the ice. Like you're yeah. freezing, and then like it's <laughs> yeah. breaking. Like no, stop. <laughs> same. Get on the same page, team. <laughs> like let Zatanna do it. You go back to Aquaman. Finally, you know, gaining an upper hand, and then punches Orm so hard he breaks the crown. And Volko's like, yeah, that's like I had a lot of money riding on that. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> woo. <laughs> good thing. Good thing I would have. I would have been. I would have been really in debt. Uh, so Aquaman finally gets his brother to yield. And gives him back the throne. He calls off the Atlantean army. He's just like, I just beat your king. Like, I'm the king. Back off. Volko shows up, surrenders. So, like, when I first, I remember first reading this, I was so confused at what was going on because I was not, I wasn't fully understanding what was going on with this character until, you know, he reveals after he gives Aquaman the magic trident to call back the trench to leave, you find out that he set up this whole war just to get Aquaman to take the throne of Atlantis again. Cause what, he, a, what a friend. I know, because he felt like Aquaman would be the perfect person still. Like, he should be the person to lead. So, in his own twisted way. Yeah, like, it's pretty sad, because he tells us, he's right, his last line is, I love you like a son. Yeah. Aquaman. He loves Atlantis, and he loves him like a son. Yeah, and it's so like, I would kill the whole world And they've talked you. like Rebirth, is like, he, he is a believer in Aquaman's ideals and stuff, yeah. He but like, he also understands like, Atlantis's traditions and old ways, but he wants to support Aquaman, but he did it in his own way. That's one of the things I liked about this story, is that neither him or Ocean Master is just your typical cookie cutter villain. No, they're very, very like complex, um, which they do in the movie too, which I thought was very interesting. So then you get this whole thing where they're like, Volko goes back to Atlantis to go deal with trial there. But since Ocean Master gave up his title as king, he's no longer protected by, you know, sovereignty and stuff. So like, you're going to surface jail. And he's, he's pretty sad about that. And, then you cut to him, who's he's just miserable in Bell Rev, trying to get some water. He's feeling pretty bad. And then you find out later that he ends up getting busted out in another Aquaman issue. And then you don't see him again until DC Rebirth, where he finds love and you know hangs out. And it ends off this issue or this this issue in this book with you know the whole world kind of after that whole Atlantis thing, not only acknowledging that Aquaman is a threat, but Atlantis itself is a threat. And you've got a simultaneous back and forth between Amanda Waller and Joker, I think, and Batman. It's like three different people. I don't know if that's Joker. Yeah, in different settings, assembling their own crews. Yeah, they're trying to expand. So you got the, the, the setup for the New 52 JLA, the setup for new people in the Justice League, and the setup for whatever whatever those villains are. Like, if, yeah, uh, Amanda Waller and the Suicide Squad. And, what, and I don't know if this is... I don't remember did Joker assemble like a secret society. I, I don't remember. I don't remember reading anything. I thought Luther that. did that. <laughs> yeah, I don't remember Luther wearing gloves and a cane. Yeah, and the purple. That's the Joker's colors. Yeah. Well, well actually, no I guess Luther, his old armor was purple. Yeah, purple, purple green. And green. Yeah. So that is the end of Throne of Atlantis. What'd you What'd you think? Are we ever doing like numerical ratings or just like general thoughts? General thoughts. We'll go. We'll do, go to numerical ratings at the end. Oh, I think it's great. I love this book. I think it's 
like an action movie. Mm-hmm. And it's pacing in the character designs, in the panels. You get a whole lot of action in it, but you get a decent chunk of story. I, it's great. What about you, Roman? I really liked it too. Reading, rereading this, um, it made me really want to reread all of Jeff Johns' Aquaman because he really made Aquaman cool. I mean, he he brought in the stuff about how everybody, including in continuity universe, makes fun of him. Yeah, but he's a really cool character, and I mean. His responsibilities as a justice member, as a king of a nation, mm-hmm. um, his powers. I mean, he's a, he's almost as strong as Superman and Wonder Woman. Yeah, um, he he's got his own in water. He's pretty much got super speed. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, I, I feel like Rebirth and New Fifty Two did such a good job putting him in perspective of like how important of a character he is and how like strong of a character he is because he's able to you know take some hits from Superman, fight off Superman. He's had a lot of chance. He's had a lot of moments where he's gone toe to toe with Wonder Woman. So he is strong. He is dangerous being a king of a nation. Yeah. Like the responsibility of trying to that and the, like the struggle of trying to like bridge those two cultures. Cause you're dealing with Atlantis. Who's like got these old traditions and is super xenophobic. And then everybody on the surface who just got attacked by Atlantis that are all hesitant and, you know, always just expecting war. It's like having to deal with that and like the stress of that. They really do a good job in Rebirth. And I love that, like you said, how they they do a lot of self-referencing to him being a joke character. I love that about the issue one of New 52 mm-hmm. and the issue one of Rebirth. Like the Rebirth, the beginning Rebirth issue is they both are the same thing basically like stating that. Like a lot of the world views him as a joke character and can't take him seriously. But then they're like, it, tr- it turns towards the end of like the first half when they're like kind of summarizing him like, but that's not true. He is a very dangerous character and a very powerful character, and to take him as a joke is not a smart idea, ever. Would you say he's like if we're taking out like the racial element of it? Would you say he's almost like the Black Panther of DC? I would think so. Yeah, I would think yeah. So. He, he certainly could be. He, I think, yeah, I think so. Yeah, because yeah. like an early issue of Justice League, I think it was that where him and Wonder Woman were talking because and just kind of bonding because they were both they're both leaders of different foreign races, nations yeah. and everything and and none of the other rest of the just league have that perspective mm-hmm. so yeah i think i think you could say that or i mean you could say i i would i also think i've made the same thing because i also mm-hmm. started reading black panther around the same time i started reading aquaman i was like i really want some political like kingly stories game of thrones game of thrones-esque and this was better than I was hoping for when I got into Aquaman and what a great character but I also can't like I can't see Aquaman standing alone without having like characters like Mira like it's almost his it's the other half of the Aquaman character is Mira who should not only have her own series and be featured more but just like is the better half of that character Mm -hmm. and she does such a good job thankfully compared to Gold and Silver Age where they have this constant back and forth of her dying being possessed. She, she was like the first weird... woman in a uh, refrigerator or freezer. Yeah. <laughs> but now it's like she, in New 52 and in Rebirth especially, she is this kind of sub- major support system for Aquaman in his his dream and his ideals. Mm-hmm. Even if it's not like what like she originally wants, like she believes in him and she believes him enough to like support his vision and, you know, puts the time and the thought into it, even when Aquaman's not around, to what would he do and what would be best in his interest. So I think she's a great character. I'm super happy that like she's such a 
prominent character now in Rebirth, and she's becoming more prominent. And the yeah. movie did a great job with her too. I thought like a lot, a lot better. There was definitely a small moments, but I'm glad that they're putting these two in the spotlight. So we'll go into the movie real quick. So neither of you saw the movie. <laughs> no. Nope. But you saw the animated one though, right, Colton? Uh, yes. Okay. So and you've never seen the animated ones? No. So for the most part, it's pretty much spot on with this. It I'm just it's, too. it's it's a solo series focus, so you yeah. don't get those like little tie-ins. It it's fast. The only difference is they actually just do the Aquaman origin for him at the beginning of the story. Mm-hmm. Like they start off the animated movie, his dad just died. He's drunk in a bar talking to a lobster, gets in a bar fight with people because they want to eat the lobster, gets rescued, uh by Mira later, and then becomes Aquaman throughout the movie. Like that's how it all is. Like but you get to see like his mom die in it, Orm shows up, and then like yeah, the whole fight and stuff. But then like yeah, it's more justly prominent because you've got like Shazam and Flash and Green Lantern around helping out and stuff. So it's it still follows it, but there's like a couple add ons and a couple takeaways, like they just crammed it all into one, like this is Aquaman, get ready for him. And like they had a really good scene in it though, I love like Black Man is in it also. Where he, they didn't do it in this one, but I think they do it in another New Fifty Two, where he summons a big shark and just like grabs Black Mana out of the out, off the ground while he's monologuing, and just like throws him in the air before it chomps down and just drags him back into the water. I'm like, oh, that's so good, so intense. Uh, the movie though, I would love to talk about the movie spoilery, if you're okay with that. No, that's okay. Because I feel it's been like, out for months now. Yeah, I should have so, seen it by now. <laughs> The animated was Throne of Atlantis. The movie itself also had a lot of similarities with Throne of Atlantis, except it was very different to other DC movies and other superhero movies. And for me, it was more of a quest movie. It was like an Indiana Jones type movie. Hmm. Okay. Um, you get introduced to Arthur. You get the backstory of how the mom and the dad meet. And then you get the flash forward. Then you get to have him meet Mira. And then you have him go on the quest to find the trident to prove that he's the true king. You have a whole moment where he fights his brother. They go to find the trident, and then they have their big clash at the end. And it ends kind of similar to how this one starts. But there's a lot of other differences in it. I have a list of likes and dislikes (laughs) about the movie. And I try to be... So when I watch this movie, I want to be as non-biased as possible because I didn't want my, my... enjoyment for Aquaman to make me all in for it. Just splash over? Yeah. Spill over? Spill over. I mean, I was, I was, you know, a little hesitant when I saw the trailers because I felt like there was a lot going on in it. Oh, gosh, I feel like they put too many stories in one. But I felt like it turned out pretty decent. I liked special effects in it were better than all the other DC movies. Mm. I think they did a great job. Like, the choreography for the fights, underwater fights and everything were really well done. It it felt well more, way more polished than you know Justice League's three hundred thousand dollar mustache edit kind of things. It was it was good. I thought the cinematics. It felt like watching Avatar if it was underwater. Like I I really enjoyed that. Cool. I already made the joke about far more color. This was a colorful and bright movie, which was way different than any other DC movie. And also surprised me so much because James Wan was known for doing movies like Saw and other things. Oh yeah. To see him do a movie that was the complete opposite of it was very interesting. And that movie knew what it was. Like oh, I've heard other people talk about it too. It knew that it was a fun movie. It it was fine with being silly. 
and enjoyable, and I was that I was okay with that hundred percent. There was a lot of cool Easter eggs in there. There was Topo. Yeah. You, you could see Topo in there. There was a couple <laughs> other moments of like shout outs to other things, um, like having some. Oh, the Nazi. So there was other New Fifty Two stories that were woven into it. This movie basically was like fan fiction for me. Like the James Wan did something where it's like, I want to make a movie for DC. I could do all their dark elements, but I could give everybody what they want. Like it's almost like you could see where they were wanting to go with it. Like we want to take elements of these stories and have them happen. His dad doesn't die in the movie huh. of a heart attack. Oh, of a heart like, attack. <laughs> the mom's not dead. They, there's a whole I don't there's a whole lost tribe arc in New Fifty Two towards like one of the final volumes where Aquaman finds his mom and she's all savage living with dinosaurs and then she chooses to stay behind and not have anything to do with them. This one. She, you find her in the savage area, and you're like, oh, she's going to just turn him away. Nope. Comes back, and then totally shows up at the final end of the fight to hang out with her sons. And then Orm's like, oh, man, everything I've been doing was really misguided. <laughs> and then has this whole heartfelt moment where it's like, stop, sons. I love you. He's like, I'll go to jail. I'll talk to you later, brother. And I'm like, oh, God, this is what I wanted the whole time. Like, I want that set up for, you know, like resolution and you know dialogue like didn't need to be a bad guy just misguided like he's blaming he's blaming Arthur Curry for everything that's going wrong I'm like oh god it's just like they just needed their mom back and like they'll they'll have they'll work things out I was like, oh, it's just everything I needed right now and then the mom and the dad reunite at the end I'm like nobody dies it's great perfect so in the next movie she'll probably get killed <laughs> yeah, the I mean, yeah, she'll show up in the trench. Yeah, yeah. Because <laughs> uh, they like they mentioned that she died early in the movie. They're like, oh yeah, she got sacrificed in the trench, and then you find out no, she's been alive the whole time. There were things that I felt were off about it. I know people talked about it being cringy. We had a friend that said the movie was cringy. I heard other people the second time I went to the movie say there was cringy moments. Like, there's a lot of I don't know what the word would be. There's a lot of chest puffing and like. <laughs> pose power posing and a lot of like calling out and announcing names like being very loud like coliseum-esque kind of things <laughs> and i thought that was totally fine like i thought the guy that plays Your Master, unbiased opinion i guess it's a like oh, sorry <laughs> i guess it's still a like this was i appreciated the second time through uh the guy that played Ocean Master was really great. They put Dolph Lundgren in the movie, for God's sakes. All <laughs> like, right. Who does he play? He plays Mira's dad. Okay, yeah. Um, the, the, the thing that I didn't really enjoy was, yes, yeah, some of it felt a little rushed. They had Black Mana's origin story in it. I felt like his story was a little rushed and didn't need to be part of that as much, or I felt like they could have just alluded to his origin a little early, like, just alluded to it. Yeah. Uh, I thought when they showed him finally in his black mana like costume, he's a badass and he ki he kicks ass, which is really cool. Um, but yeah, like they have a they have flashback scenes throughout the movie, and that I I I feel like the first part of the movie of these flashbacks weren't really well done. They kind of like speed through it to like let you know this is Aquaman. Mm. It's like here's him at a at an aquarium controlling fish. I'm like okay, like. Like that's fine, but then I just like it felt like too clunky, and then it starts picking up speed. And it's like okay, okay, like there was a couple scenes like that they transitioned better, 
which I was fine with. Like they had like really good moments where like it pans past like someone's face and then it like pans into a, a flashback scene of him training with Volko. And it's like, okay, that's kind of cool. But yeah, a couple of those flashback scenes felt really awkward and like didn't need to be there. I felt like the movie, yeah, there was definitely spots. It's like, okay, they've got this thing. Now they got to go to this place. And they go to this place. It was just very one after another. And I like the idea of like that quest movie, but there was, I felt like they, towards the introduction of the trench, the the time skip for the jump to it was just, there was not, there was definitely a moment or two where there's not smooth transition and it felt a little too rushed, but it wasn't terrible. Other than that, that was good. I love the crab people in it. That was my favorite part because they introduced <laughs> they introduced the tribes and I when they they do a little quick like like highlight reel of all the different tribes of Atlantis like the 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 mer the merchants the lost tribe then they're like the brine people and then it does like a quick flash of the brine people I'm like those crab people the first time I saw the movie and then they actually show the crab people later I'm like oh my god they're crab people and then the crab kings just like telling Orm's like eat me <laughs> I'm like god damn it, this this is too good <laughs> it, it made me laugh um, I hope he said at one point like. Oh, you're trying to butter me up. Oh, God. So <laughs> you're gonna crack through my uh, tough outer shell if you keep up with this. The most, the most conflicted part I had about the movie was the Jason Momoa character, though, which I think Jason Momoa is a really good actor, and I like him. For me, though, I I wish they would have done more because they kept talking about him needing to be king and stuff. There was not a whole lot of him doing anything that resembled kingliness. Hmm. Or, you know, being a ruler to people. It was kind of him just being surfer bro. Uh, like, just being a surfer bro the whole time. Like, yeah, I'm going along for the ride. Like, And then saying, like, oh, I've, I realized, like, I need to help all these people. Like, all this. We didn't really have any, like, act. I wish they would have shown aspects of him to kind of show that he could be a king. Instead of, what at are you talking about, movie, dude? He found that magic golden stick. I know, which just you know? makes you automatically king. And he, he can poke people now. He, learned he can stamp it really yeah. hard if he has to say something. But at the end of the movie, he's basically like, woohoo! And then, like, he's like, and getting everybody cheering. <laughs> yeah, he's like, kiss the girl and, like, says, yeehaw! And it's like, yeah. So maybe the next well, movie, he'll I can't like, wait to hear his State of the Union. <laughs> he's like, oh, my man! Uh, my, my people. <laughs> my kingdom. <laughs> oh, yeah, my kingdom. I, but at the same time, too, I feel like that was the Aquaman the cinematic universe needed compared to comic book Aquaman. I don't know how well, like, Aquaman in this would have translated to film. I just don't think it would have been interesting or grabbed people. Yeah. I think you needed that fun, humor, easygoing, natured guy kind of going through it. So for me, it was personally I was like I want to see that, but I feel like it wouldn't translate on film well because then if you put this character in the movies, it would literally be Batman v Superman or the Justice League. It would just be all the color would be drained. Mm-hmm. I just don't think it would have worked well. So I think Jason Moe did a great job in it. I mean, it made a billion dollars box office, so it did very very well, and I like that. I just hope that you gonna get more of the idea of like we said, like he has to deal with not only being a king of a whole nation but he's also from the surface too and that growing tension between both places because the movie doesn't even do the whole attack the city thing it all happens out in the middle of nowhere and they didn't even get to it yet they're they're fighting between themselves like all these different tribes 
out in the middle of the ocean. Then they have like a combat out on the top of the water. And then they're like, Aquaman's new king. And everybody jumps out of the water and celebrating. Oh, like, has, Little Mermaid. I'm like, hasn't nobody noticed that? Like, there's a giant sea monster that just came out of the water, like Godzilla, like roaring. I'm like, nobody noticed that? Where are they? That's a big place. Ocean's a big place, but I feel like they would have noticed that, like government or something. Uh, you, you think they're not measuring CO2? You think they're measuring, like, out of the middle of the ocean? I don't know. It was a good movie. I would, like, if I were to give the movie a rating, I would give it an 8. Like, it had small parts, but I think it did a really good job. Like, the Rush stuff, I think, was just, like, help cram everything people need to know about Aquaman to get them ready for more understanding of him. Like, to jump into the next movie, or if they want to jump into a comic, like, now I know who Aquaman is. Let's let's go. Kind of thing. It was great. I'm ha- I also happy they had the comic book actor costume. That was probably the best part of the movie. I was so excited when I saw that. I was freaking pumped. Uh, yeah. Well, the movie I gave an 8. This I would give a 9. What about you, Roman? Uh, I, would, I, know, I can't give the movie anything because I haven't seen it yet. If we were to give this book, though, you, can give, you can give but it book, $11. I'll give it $11. <laughs> uh, uh, this book, I'll give it a, I'll give it an 8. It really made me want to reread all the run. Because I really liked that Jeff Johns run. It was so good. I haven't liked as many Aquaman runs since then as much. Mm, I will say uh, 9 Starfish. 9 Starfish? Mm-hmm. Nice. I had a whole, uh, a whole web page of Surfer Bro lingo ready to talk about the movie but it won't load i still have a couple <laughs> that are still here so let me let me describe aquaman for you compared to aquaman in the book jason momoa aquaman is a barney in the book in the movie compared to you know comic book jeff johns aquaman who is a caw but you know reading the book got me amped and makes me excited to re-watch the movie because, you know, that movie's got some real good ankle busters in it. And, you know, it's no way super aggro like the rest <laughs> of the DC Universe movies. It is, you know, pretty bitching. <laughs> wow, that was a pause pregnant with anticipation. It was like half load. I was trying to figure out what the last word was. Uh, yeah, a call means awesome. And uh, my other favorite one was Ankle Buster. <laughs> that sounds absolutely pain, like so painful. <laughs> I imagine like getting hit with like a sledgehammer to oh, the feet. And a Barney. Misery style. A Barney is a surfer that is not cool, is not talented or a rookie. But Jason Momoa <laughs> is talented and he is not a rookie. He just starts out the movie as a, a Barney. He just wants he just wants to hang out and drink with his dad. And that's fine. <laughs> uh, so yeah, I'm super happy we got to read this one. This was a lot of fun. I've been I was holding off on wanting to do an Aquaman book for so long because he's one of my like top DC characters. I mean, I have a whole wall dedicated to him now, so I'm happy to finally do it. I'll probably pick another Aquaman story down the road, but super, super good, super good. I will. I probably will read the rest of the New Fifty Two Jeff Johns mm. again. I know it switches towards the end to a different writer at one point, and it's yeah, yeah, yeah. but. Yeah. He does get a cool magic trident at one point that gives him cool yeah. superpowers, which I wish he would have kept. But yeah, really good. Uh, so yeah, Roman, the next book goes to you. The what are we going to read? Book, well, God, I had one picked out, but then now I was thinking about Crime Syndicate, and they just showed up and 
spoilers in the, with this week's Justice League. And they showed up Justice in a League, Superman. Uh, Superman. Superman. Yeah, yeah, that was an interesting twist. Now I'm thinking, oh, maybe we should do the... the I thought they were dead. The Grant Morrison Earth 2 crime syndicate, except that, which is what kind of reintroduced them mm-hmm. to modern DC. Uh, yeah, let's do that. You want to do Crime Syndicate? Yeah, let's do it. Let's do Crime Syndicate. I'm excited for that one. All right. Well, we will reconvene here again in March to talk about the Crime Syndicate and uh, all of our favorite Crime Syndicate people. Who's your favorite Crime Syndicate person, Roman? Um, It's a toss-up between... Oh, man, Owlman's really cool, too, though. I'm going with Owlman because the animated movie really got me good with how nihilistic he is. Yeah. He just wants to blow up the world because, like, <laughs> like whatever. Yeah, I was like, and then is it, what is her name? Ultra Woman? Ultra, mm-hmm. Ultra no, Woman. I, I, or Power Woman? Yeah, she's my favorite. It's, yeah. I think it's Ultra, who is no, Ultra Man? Ultra Man and Power Woman. Power, Power Woman. Woman, okay. Which okay. is close to Power Girl, which you don't want to confuse the two. Yeah. Though I always liked Power Ring. Slightly different. Oh, Power Ring. Just because he's so, he's such a poor little anxious anxiety ridden wreck yeah and like that (laughs) and the ring is just and his character has a lot to do with the creation of Jessica Jones which I really liked Hmm? yeah because his ring's from Volthoom and it takes over Jessica not Jessica Jones Jessica Cruz oh okay yeah yeah sorry all this Jessica (laughs) I just watched season two all season two of Jessica Jones last week I was like oh what what twist like wait what (laughs) oh man get ready for that DC Marvel amalgamation (laughs) spoilers all right well awesome so yeah let's meet up again and talk about some crime syndicate until next time goodbye goodbye